Gems of Youth Work, Sharing Precious Practices. Welcome to Gems of Youth Work, a series of podcasts that brings inspiring cases from all around Europe. Today, we will be speaking with Fuad Lagbir, a storyteller that is located in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Fuad has been using the power of storytelling to build bridges amongst young people in Israel and Palestine and to empower young people in prisons in Morocco. Let's hear what he has to tell us about working in diverse communities, working with difficult target groups, and use the power of storytelling. So, hey, Ford, it's nice to see you. Welcome to Gems of Youth Work. Welcome to our podcast series. Could you introduce yourself and your relation to Youth Work? Uh, my name is Fuad Lakbir, and uh, uh, I was born in Amsterdam, and I still live in Amsterdam. And um, I work as a storyteller. So I tell stories, I train people in the art of storytelling, and I'm an initiative taker of a lot of applied storytelling projects. With applied storytelling, I mean projects which are about using storytelling as a tool for personal growth and social impact. And my relation with youth work is... Actually, it has a lot to do with Shocking Group because uh, the past eight years, uh, mainly because of Shocking Group, where I participated many years ago in a uh, youth exchange, I got in contact with the idea of youth exchanges and training courses outside your own country. And there I started a youth initiative, which is called Shocking Group Netherlands. And that actually brought me in contact with a lot of youth work. Nowadays, so today, actually, uh, my work is a lot about, at one side, stimulating creativity. So when I, I work with young people, I try to stimulate them to use their creativity. Now, the other side, I, f- I focus on personal growth and also their social impact. So I try to s- challenge them to participate uh, participate in the community. So you are basically a product of a youth exchange and your, your start in youth work uh, came out of your experience joining a youth exchange project. But what is your motivation to be part of this youth work field years after? So when I was a a child, when I was young, uh, the normal education never challenged me. Somehow I was one of those who was smart enough to study, but uh, didn't get challenged by education in general. So... um, I always felt I missed out a bit. And when I finished my education, I still had the feeling that I didn't learn that much about myself. I didn't know who I was or where my strengths and abilities were and so on. And partly it has also to do with my migration background. My migration background lays in Morocco. My parents came from Morocco. And I see this a lot in the community. So many young people with the same background who grew up also in the in the deprived areas of Amsterdam. Um, They are very good in studying, but the education in general doesn't help them to really know, uh, learn who they are and what uh, what they are. And because I see them in this, uh, even though we are many years further, I see them still uh, having this difficult path. I, uh, uh, and I, since I found the power of informal learning, the power of uh, Erasmus Plus, for example, but also uh, the power of creativity and so on. I uh, I can't uh, have that ideas in my mind and not use them and, and share them with others. 
So uh, that's why actually I, I share. That's the, that's the thing. Uh, I just like to share the different roads which they can follow. And you're coming from Amsterdam. Amsterdam is quite a big and well-known place. How would you describe, how is it to be a young person in Amsterdam? So you describe Amsterdam as a big city. I, I experienced Amsterdam as a very small village. In Amsterdam right now, we experience the challenge that Amsterdam is growing that so fast that uh, if you are a young person, you don't grow up in Amsterdam with the, the dream that you can build a life in Amsterdam because Amsterdam is becoming a very expensive city. And uh, partly because of gentrification, uh, many people who are not in the higher rank of the social system uh, can stay in Amsterdam. And that, that's a topic which plays a, lot, a big role in the current discussion. Uh, at the same time, Amsterdam has good universities, good education in general, museums, uh, cinemas, parks, everything which you can think about. It is here. It, uh, uh, you have things for the people who have a lot of money, but you have also things for the people who don't have that much money. So it's a city of uh, many possibilities. And sometimes I have the feeling because of all the possibilities we have in Amsterdam, we don't see them anymore. And uh, something else which I forgot to say, it's a super diverse city. You, uh, um, uh, if you would bike one roundabout, you would see maybe, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, 50 or 100 I'd, cultural backgrounds at the same time. It's so sick how the city works. And I, actually, I think that that also gives young people some ways of looking at the world that they are very open for different types of people. And I think that's also a cool thing about Amsterdam. Getting to know the case. Specific reason why we invited you to join Gems of Euphorb is to tell us a bit more about the work that you have done in uh, conflict areas and with projects using storytelling as a tool for bridging communities and as a tool for discovering uh, oneself. What kind of projects you have been doing using storytelling? So uh, I worked uh, till Corona. I worked uh, a lot in Morocco, uh, Albania, Kosovo, Macedonia and Serbia, in Palestine and Israel on projects different projects where uh, I trained people in the use of storytelling as a tool to uh, bring actually people together who you wouldn't expect them to come together that easily. Um, I trained uh, youth workers, social workers in this, in this method. So these were training courses. And at the same time, also, I facilitated some youth exchanges where we... Um, made stories together. So we used storytelling uh, together in a way where we didn't talk or think about your cultural background, but we just searched for a universal theme and we built stories together. And uh, th th those were the... So two things to make it concrete. In those countries, I facilitated uh, training courses where I trained people in the use of storytelling as a tool to um, uh, work with conflicting groups, let's put it that way. 
And at the other side, I facilitated youth exchanges with groups, uh, groups of youth uh, from different communities who don't come that easy together. And if someone has no idea what is storytelling, how would you explain it? Storytelling is a way of telling stories uh, where you think about how to tell your story in a way that it arrives at the other side. So in general, we are, let's say, uh, we tell stories the whole day. Uh, you, you can imagine if you listen to this podcast and you hear me talking, I'm one of those. I tell stories the whole day. I can't stop. All of us do that. So it's an art which we have in us in general. But a storyteller thinks about ways to bring your story at the other side, to the listener. Uh, even a listener who would be, for example, very far from you. And a small example, imagine I have a story to tell. And I'm in a room with a group of, a group of people who are racist. You can imagine that I'm not really happy to be in a room with only racists. Well, as a storyteller, I think about ways to bring even my story to them, to make them even experience my story. And by making them experience that, they can take a step in my world. And I also get a, uh, to uh, take a step in their world. So it's about thinking about ways to make people listen to your story. And why would you say it's important to tell stories? What's important? By telling stories, you, uh, first of all, by telling stories, you claim space for your story. So uh, by, uh, if I tell my story in, in Amsterdam, I claim space for the things I uh, see as important or uh, whatever what means something to me, by telling the stories about those things, I claim space for them because I plant seeds in other heads by telling the story. The, the other thing with telling stories is it helps you to uh, organize your mind. By thinking about it, you, you get to know really what's in you. And the third thing is uh, you, by telling stories, you give others the space and the opportunity to also get to know you. It's a bridge towards others. That's actually in general, it, it creates a common ground. That's what storytelling does. And uh, there's a quote which I always like somehow, is the enemy is the one whose story you don't know. It's about when we walk through the city, when I walk through Amsterdam, um, each time when I see a person I don't know, my database of expectations and ideas of people goes automatically open. Sometimes I have the weirdest ideas, but the moment I speak with someone and I give that person an opportunity to tell me a story about his or her life, I get close to that person. And that changes my database, to put it in that sense. And how did uh, the ideas of working in conflict areas using storytelling came to you? How did it all start? So I was born in uh, the Kolekit Buurt in Amsterdam West. Uh, the Kolekit Buurt is in a very small neighborhood. Uh, if you would walk through this neighborhood, you could uh, make a full circle in one hour, not even an hour, uh, maybe in half an hour. And my neighborhood has been declared in 2008 as the worst neighborhood of the Netherlands. They called it even a ghetto. Well, I can tell you one thing, it's not a ghetto, but they called it a ghetto. And by uh, putting it in that corner, 
uh, they gave it a very heavy label. And I remember in that time when they declared the Kodukit Buurt as the worst neighborhood of the Netherlands, many people had ideas about my neighborhood. They would ask me, hey, what? how is it to live there? And oh, I have, man, it's so sad for you. Even a person offered me a house to, to stay in his house in that time. I was like, what? You guys didn't come here. Man, there's nothing going wrong in it. It was also the time that Muslims and Moroccans were also very negative in the news. So I had to deal with a lot of labels and somehow also a lot of uh, conflict in that sense. Uh, because of that reason, of that moment, I started uh, working with storytelling. And I always said, even though uh, people cornered us, we should not fight them. We should find ways to connect with them. And by doing this, I started connecting communities in my local area through storytelling in ways that uh, they even didn't expect that it could happen. And that brought me at some point to Morocco. In Morocco, in different tribes in Morocco, you have, to, you have also those conflicts to put them this way. From Morocco, at some point I got in Palestine. And I, the first time when I went to Palestine, I went there not to solve a conflict. I just went there to get to know more about Palestine because I, uh, I knew a lot about that country from the books, but I didn't know anything about the people. And when I got there, I got fascinated by, yeah, that idea that people live there. They are very afraid of each other, but they don't talk with each other. And that way I started building projects together with those communities around storytelling. And by, uh, for example, in Palestine, I've been there eight times. And when I say eight times, I mean eight times minimum. So I spend a lot of time in there. And uh, in Morocco, I've been there many times. By spending a lot of time with those conflicting communities, we develop together ways to at least talk with each other. I, don't, I, I will never say that this is the solution towards, for example, the conflict in Palestine and Israel or um, in Morocco with the, the, the tribes or in the, in the Balkan with the LGBT community. That's not what I mean. But at least you open conversations. That's all what, all what I worked on. So did it start with you already having some partners in Palestine or some organization that yeah. uh, has been hosting you or how was it? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, uh, in Palestine, it started with an, uh, an uh, organization in the north of Palestine. And uh, they are in a conservatoire. So they, it's a music school. The interesting thing with Palestine is that everybody is there connected. So from one connection, you go to another connection, to another connection, to another connection. And before you know, you have many connections. And at some point, uh, uh, I get to know a place called Talitha Kumi, which is a uh, German Lutheran place. And, uh, and they are uh, one of the private schools in uh, Palestine. And they had a network of youth workers who wanted to get to know more about this. And this, this way, actually, it started rolling. So I, uh, and that's also something which was very important to me. I didn't want to work myself in those communities. Because I had to... Uh, uh, I am not the one who is there from day to day and I don't have the time or, or the resources to be there full time. So I wanted just to share. That's all what I did. So I had some knowledge and experience. And the only thing which I did is make sure I share it with people who work in the communities. 
So that's the thing I did. And the moment that started growing, I started working with together with them, with the youth. Until the day of today, they come back to me and they ask me, hey, Fouet, how do you do this? Or did you develop maybe something new? And then in these uh, youth exchanges especially, have there been young people from Palestine and young people from Israel coming together? Also, yes. The, actually, it was a um, training course it's a long time ago. It's, uh, I think 2018, I facilitated a training course where uh, Palestinians and uh, Israeli uh, youth came together and also Dutch. So it was Dutch, Palestinian, Israeli youth. But I have to say one thing. You have to be willing to talk about this conversation to get in this conversation. Do you get me? So it's not for everybody. It's for those who are already questioning themselves, like, could I speak with them? I would love to ask a question. Do you get me? So it's an, a type of openness and a type of group who is willing to speak. So it was not everybody. Uh, so uh, it is a very directed, you know how it goes. If you, for example, if I would organize a youth exchange together with you in general, and we organize it around the topic of storytelling, I would just share it on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I get some applications. They come from my network and we go. But uh, with this theme where you want to overcome an, uh, um, a conversation which is difficult, uh, it goes differently. It goes more into from person to person and you get uh, somehow also people who are who maybe have never been with each other in contact, but they want to speak with each other. And if you had this different groups and you were facilitating the processes, how was it to be a facilitator? It was very difficult. Uh, it's super nice, but it's also very difficult because uh, one example, uh, this is another example, but it, 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 uh, I think it serves the subject. So I went to Macedonia. In Macedonia, I had to train a group of uh, young people who were part of the LGBT community. And when I arrived there, I uh, s uh, sit down, uh, they welcomed me, they gave me tea, we were sitting in a circle. And I wanted to start facilitating my, my training course. The reason why I trained them, maybe that's good for the context, is uh, uh, people from the LGBT community in Albania, Kosovo, Macedonia, Serbia, they don't have the space there uh, like people of the LGBT community in, in Amsterdam, for example. It's a different place. Anyway, uh, when I stood uh, in front of them, they were like, uh, bro, we don't want to work with you. I was like, uh, okay, uh, uh, why? Then they told me, you're Muslim, you're heterosexual, you have a beard. You are the, the group of people who gives us uh, a difficult situation, man. Uh, we don't want to, to work with you. I got stuck in there. And then I, the, the moment they said this, I said, may I tell you a story? And that, there I told them my story. The story where I come from the way I have been uh, 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 put in many boxes and the way I overcome that by telling my story. And somehow by sharing my story, they started sharing their story. And then the, 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 ex, uh, the training uh, in that group started. But it was difficult 
they uh, locked me. And I, I will never forget that they said, man, you are from the, uh, the, the party which discriminated us many years. Who are you to come here to Macedonia? Who are you to come here to do something with me? And that, that those situations happened. Yeah, it's not uh, easy. So at one side, I think it was very uh, important that my intention was from a very clean place. My intention was, I just wanted to share my knowledge. I didn't have a political ID or an, uh, anything uh, in that sense. And on the other side, I was also open for their story. And I think in that case, uh, even though, for example, if, I, if we talk about Palestine and Israel, I, I, I can be very simple. I am 100% against uh, what's happening with Palestine. But still, I'm open to listen to also their story. I'm open to listen to them and I'm not there to change them or move them to another side. That's not my uh, agenda. Because I believe that uh, uh, by listening to each other, you will find each other somewhere in the middle. There is somewhere a middle. I believe in that. And that's where, what I uh, tried uh, to fight for somehow. Because otherwise you stay only in the conflict. And the conflict is a negative state. It uh, eats you. It, uh, it makes you empty. It makes you tired. Nobody wants to sit there. And the moment you connect with each other, at least you get a chance to share your story, your side. And you see in someone's eyes how that arrives. And that does something with you. But what happens when people get quite emotional when they tell stories or, or when they prepare their stories? Have you experienced any conflicts that arise while someone is telling a story? So I always choose an, uh, a theme which is universal. So I try to find themes which are universal. For example, the feeling of home, uh, the feeling uh, of love, um, uh, dreaming. So having a big dream as a child, uh, friendship. So those type of themes, I choose them uh, on purpose to uh, facilitate an, uh, an, uh, a sharing and, an, uh, and working with stories where people could at least uh, share them with each other. And yes, it happened that people started crying. That's, that's something which happened. And when that happens, uh, if you uh, invest in your process in the team building and trust, the group will uh, take care of that. So when people start crying or when people uh, get locked down or whatever, me as a facilitator, I just let it happen. That's the way it goes. And indeed, if something really uh, happens, what, what is over the, uh, the, the border, uh, to put it that way, for sure I will uh, uh, do something. But that never happened, to be honest. Um, but once, uh, when someone, for example, got emotional, uh, I remember some moments and the group responded on it. They gave her or gave that person a hug and they, they stood in for that person. And it, that was really beautiful. Uh, the other thing, in, if, you, if we talk about a political uh, uh, heavy discussion or um, a conflict, uh, and, and really a, a conflict, also those happened. They also let them happen. And till, uh, uh, till uh, it, it goes over, if we start throwing shoes to each other or we... <laughs> but that didn't happen. I always try to facilitate or moderate the conversation in a way that people could still talk with each other. But to be honest, if I, if I think back about all the projects I did, because I did really a lot of them uh, in, this, in this context, 
it was always somehow okay. And there have been discussions and situations, emotionally situations, or really things you don't experience in a general youth exchange or training course. But at the end, people always uh, 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 get along with each other. And if you had uh, a heavy, 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 because we have had that as well, a heavy person in the group, a person who really disturbed in a very negative way the whole uh, safety in the group, somehow um, the group, not even me, the group would make sure that that person leaves us. Because that happened as well. We had once a situation where we had a participant who was really disturbing and that person has been sent home. Not by me, but by the group. But the people who I used to work with, they are still in contact with each other. We still share all those many WhatsApp groups with each other and they're open. They, they, they visit each other, they talk with each other. Uh, some even started a business together. So things happen. Uh, in, uh, in the Balkan, uh, they tried some podcasting as well. That's, that's the result which I see. As you said, the group can accommodate one another. The group can uh, help. And it's a lot about building this atmosphere. And it's not just something that, that is created out of uh, thin air. So what was the logic of these projects? So in general, um, you would always start with team building and trust. And um, uh, when I worked with these groups, I worked at least five days with them, five working days. So if I say five working days and there is a day we did a trip, then it means uh, five working days and a trip. And uh, the way it was built up, we always started with team building and trust. So really taking your time to uh, set some ground rules together. So to get to know each other, to really... Yeah, in different ways. At some point, I always start at some point with telling a story, a personal story, which is part of the theme. So in line with the theme, then uh, storytelling as a, uh, so as, a, uh, as a broad topic is a topic which many people think is very difficult. Some people expect theater. Others think it's so complicated. I can't do it while well, they are not aware they are all doing it already. So we introduce that and, uh, and, uh, and make them understand it. I always uh, explain two things. I explain the layers of storytelling. That's, that's about when I tell a story, I really want to make sure you follow me in the sense of that even though our worlds are different, I search for a way that even you from a different world can follow me. And the, uh, the way I do that is by giving you a piece of uh, a personal layer, an emotional layer, but also a universal layer. And that universal layer is always the gateway to my story. So uh, I explain them this. And this is also very important in the, in the, in the sense of uh, what I just des uh, uh, described about working in a conflict area. Then I dive with them into the pillars. And the pillars are about structure, imagery. So that means that you describe stuff and how you make contact. And I, the way I always do it is not by explaining too much, but making them experience it. And the moment they, they, they get this, this part of theory, then they start making themselves stories. So first they, uh, uh, they search for a story. I call that triggering stories. So they, um, for example, buy a mind map or a speed date or there are other, other forms. After they uh, found a memory, because I always work with personal stories. So not, nothing fictional 
But first, you start personal. You find something in your personal memories. Uh, when they got that, they start crafting this story and they always do this together. So they, they help someone, but they get also help from someone. And when they all finish their stories, they share them. And when they share them, we create really a special situation uh, where, where they really experience, yeah, a magical moment. And then they share stories. If they want, they get feedback. The basis of uh, or a youth exchange, but also even a training course for youth workers, th this is the basis that they get. And with the youth workers, if I work uh, with youth workers, I also explain them how you facilitate this kind of training courses, how you protect your boundaries, how you use your vulnerability to make people share, um, uh, how you coach people. But in the basis, it's team building and trust, uh, uh, an intro, uh, intro, intro in storytelling, um, the pillars and the layers, triggering stories, crafting stories, sharing stories. All right. So I guess you also heard a lot of stories and there were a lot of interesting moments. Is there any specific moment or any specific example that comes up? There was a guy I, I worked uh, in Morocco. This is the first uh, memory which is triggered. I worked in Morocco in a youth jail. So uh, I worked with youth behind bars. And when I entered that, uh, that, uh, that jail, I remember all of the boys who were, because I worked only with boys, they looked at me very angry. And they didn't give me the feeling that they wanted to work with my cute storytelling. So I challenged them to work with me on a story. And uh, in the beginning, they were really difficult, 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 difficult. But at some point, they went with me through the whole process. And at the last day, there was a guy who was... Uh, always the yeah he was the big bully of the group but he had many scars on his arms many scars on his arms and then he told that he didn't have a mother he told a story about how he uh, how his last memory of his mother is he told it to the group and he was always the big guy he started crying And I remember that all those boys who all were so difficult to each other, they came to him, they gave him a hug. They said, you may, you may be whoever you want to be. They, they, they really gave him this, this, this love. And I will never forget how when I entered that prison, I really thought, man, I can't work with them. And at the end, when I left it, I felt so connected. Uh, and even now, I still can remember them. And that's a, a moment where uh, I worked with storytelling and where I really got touched by a, a story. And if you look back now to working with storytelling, working in conflict areas and with various target groups, uh, what are your main learning points? In my case, uh, and that's something which I discovered the past time a lot, is that I don't judge anymore. So when I see someone I don't know, I feel... This, this urge in me to ask for who that person really is. And I somehow blocked in my mind uh, that, that system of uh, filling in the gap. That's the other thing which uh, uh, I, I got really by working so, with so many different groups because all those people I worked with 
in general, they were really far from me and they got close to me through the work, but they also brought me this, this, this feeling of the urge to get to know someone before I judge, actually. Yeah, that's that, I think. And then you mentioned already a few examples, but to conclude, what impact have you seen at the local community? What impact you've seen on the international participants that also joined you? In, in general, uh, what, I, what I saw m many times happening is people going from, hey, I'm participating in a training course or a youth exchange. Oh, super cool that I got to know someone. To a person who takes him or herself initiative by uh, experiencing uh, um, this, this situation. Actually, what we called in the beginning, what Shocking Group did with me eight years ago, that's actually... Uh, an impact which I see a lot uh, in uh, so many people who participated in those projects uh, which I still follow became initiative takers themselves in their local communities but also some of them even in international context and it, uh, this, this counts for the Dutchies, this counts for the Palestinians, for the Balkans, for the Moroccans, many, many, many of them um, uh, I follow many of them and many of them became or are uh, initiative takers. While before those type of projects, they weren't. So it gave them a network, they gave them a, a, a way of looking at themselves, but also a way of looking at uh, uh, the possibilities. And that, that's something which I really saw a lot. That's uh, 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 my first uh, answer. Uh, and uh, I saw many friendships. So I know some people who are, who are still uh, 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 meeting each other in a local context. Some even uh, found love. <laughs> Projects give love, Pavel. <laughs> no, uh, that's, yeah. But I think the impact is a lot about um, the mindset going from... Uh, so even, uh, this is besides storytelling. Eh? So uh, you have the part of storytelling, but I think uh, in general, those projects give people a um, way of looking, yeah, more in perspective. Transfer service. And this part of the podcast we call the transfer service. So if there is anyone listening to us right now who would maybe is getting curious to start working with storytelling or working in conflict areas, it is our chance to, to provide some, some inputs and some tips. So I think if you want to work with storytelling, something which I always say is uh, start first uh, yourself with telling one story. Um, because if you start uh, in, in the front of a group, it really helps if you can uh, tell yourself a story. Uh, so that's a very practical step, which uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good starting point. So not starting with an explanation about storytelling, but starting with telling yourself. Uh, uh, and um, and the, the best situation would be, from my perspective, a personal story. Uh, read uh, um, Joseph Campbell. Yeah, it's called ah, The Hero's Journey. That's the way it's, it's, it has been called by Joseph Campbell. I think that's... Um, so I read that book, uh, I think, six or seven years ago. He d explains in a very beautiful way how structure of stories work. 
And I got a lot of inspiration out of that. It's a dry book, so it will take you some time to go to it if you're not uh, if you're a person like me who doesn't like to read dry books, but it will give you a nice basis. And um, uh, an- another tip which I would love to give you is listen to many stories and uh, uh, start in a small community which is close to you by just sharing stories because that's the way I learned a lot about storytelling. I learned by listening. I learned by listening and telling myself. And from that, I translated it towards an exchange or a training course or something else. If someone is wondering to work with divided groups or different, more difficult target groups to reach, what would be your recommendations? When you work with um, groups where, for example, a conflict, uh, and so let's put, uh, let's put it this way, with groups who come from conflicting communities, Let's put it that way. First of all, I think it's very important that you know from which uh, context they come. So make make sure you inform yourself very well uh, about the context and um, start working first with... Um, um, so don't uh, start with bringing groups together. Start first with working in those communities. So you, you start to understand where people come from in which way people think about stuff, uh, what are the hot topics, but what are maybe also the universal themes. Um, another thing which uh, is important, so if you worked in those group communities and at some point you decide, hey, together with those communities, we want to uh, 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 bridge the gap and see if we can connect somehow. Something which I always did is have a uh, therapist, someone who is a psychologist in your hotline in your phone number. Why? I've had many times actually uh, a situation where I saw a panic attack or someone uh, experiencing even a trauma uh, through, uh, through those um, moments that they re-experience it. They think about something which really triggers something. And I, at least I am not a uh, psychologist or a uh, therapist. And um, you, if you're like me, not a psychologist or a therapist, Please don't try to play that. Uh, the best thing you can do is have someone in your team who is who has that type of knowledge and who can uh, give professional help if needed and advice. Or and I, I, I use I made use a lot of times of that. Sometimes for advice, sometimes for uh, uh, for really help. And this is uh, these are some pro tips. Final message. Thank you very much for sharing all the experiences and telling us a few stories from from your work. And at the end of the episode, super curious to get to know what is the forecast for you in Newport? A bit more than two years ago, I uh, went to the, 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 the company who rents my house. So I pay the rent. And I, said, I told them, hey, you guys have there a big space. Could I open there a cultural place, a place for art, a place for culture, for bringing people together, for youth to uh, uh, develop themselves? They looked at me and thought, who are you? Uh, well, 
we discussed a lot. I invited some friends of mine with a, a, a nice networks to put it that way. And the past two years, I, um, I focused on that. And uh, eight weeks ago, I opened my own cultural place, 170 meters square, which is quite big. Uh, it's a place with a theater in it, uh, a place for where you can cook, where you can gather, where you can play games. And yeah, that's that's the, my focus. If it's about youth work, I'm bringing everything now uh, to Maqam. It's called Maqam, which means place in Arabic, Turkish and Persian. And um, it's for now my, my the thing which I'm the most proud of uh, and the thing which I want to focus on. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, 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 my answer. Maybe it's a very weird answer, but what I want to focus on is, um, at one side, uh, developing projects which are about uh, the stories of young people to make them tell their stories more. And on the other side, uh, it's a lot about um, many young people are so creative, but... Uh, they don't know how to translate their creativity into a product. Well, the, the opportunities are there in their hands. And I want to make that bridge for them. I want to translate that for them. It's great to hear that you have one of your little dreams coming true now and you're working on a creative space to unite communities. And I believe it's going to be a place with a lot of stories and a lot of stories yeah. that will come out yeah, of that it. place. For sure. What would be your wish the youth work field? I think really that uh, maybe uh, I will sound very cliche, but I, I really wish for the youth work that the, the stories of the youth work really... Um, so in the Netherlands, youth work is quite disrespected. Eh? If you think about the youth work, they think, ah, those silly youth workers with their youth work. And many people, they don't know what they really do and how much how, how much important it is. And I think personally, from my, this whole story, which I told about storytelling, I think the reason why is because we don't tell those stories enough. And I hope, I really hope that that acknowledgement will come by telling those stories more. Um, and that's, that's what I wish for youth work because youth work is super important. It should be actually equal to education from my perspective. It should be in line with education. But in the, at least in the Netherlands, it's not there yet. And I wish uh, that will happen more, that acknowledgement, that respect, that's also financial space. If you work with youth work in the Netherlands, the budgets are so low, uh, you have to live in a an, uh, in an, uh, caravan to be able to uh, do youth work. And uh, uh, from, I think, why? Why are, uh, uh, are we not investing in that? So, yeah, that's the way I look at it. And that's when exactly your world of storytelling combines with the world of gems of youth work, telling stories and sharing these practices and inspiring. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you for uh, finding time. And uh, we will make sure that your story will be heard by more people. Yeah. Uh, super cool. Ooh la la. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. In this episode, we tapped into what is important when working with storytelling. How storytelling can make us more open to accept differences. Fuad shared how to create a safe environment for groups and individuals to open up and share personal stories. We also heard how universal themes unite people with different pathways. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for tuning in. Gems of Youth Work is funded by the Erasmus Plus program of the European Commission with the support of the Estonian National Agency.